0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz Today. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back. I am Andrew Langer in for Tony Katz Today on Tony Katz Today. And joining me today is Tony Katz, who is in Israel uh, on this just fascinating trip. I'm I'm loving seeing the pictures, Tony, Uh, today. I know, by the way, Shabbat Shalom to you, my friend. Um, Hey, Hey, you too. Glad glad you could join us. Uh, so today, uh what'd you see? I I you know, besides going and visiting Mexican restaurants owned by guys from New Jersey, uh, what all did you see? Yeah, that
1: was uh last night. There's some interesting areas of Tel Aviv. There's actually an entire graffiti, like visual tour that you can do Amazing. In, in this city. But uh but today was today was um, Ra'im and uh, a kibbutz, uh, which is think of as a commune, guys. That's the it's the best way to describe it. But they've they've really advanced since the 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 early uh, days of this idea um, uh, called Beri. Uh, these were the areas that were hardest hit by the Hamas terrorists. Right. So before anything, and I was also on a military base talking to military guys. There were people here dropping off med kits to soldiers, scopes for rifles for, for soldiers people have been coming from the. US bringing all sorts of supplies and the whole med kit story with you know there's these these new types of, of, of gauze pads, for example that if there's if there's a serious bleed, you can just pack them just pack them in the wound to stop the, the bleeding but they're, they're changing methodologies that, that you know ha, now have med kits of of a, of a more intense degree on each individual soldier. So a medic has everything they need right there, never mind what they have in their bag. And there are people who will talk to soldiers and say, show me your tourniquet. And you know what a tourniquet right, is. It's a way sure. to stop a bleeding. They get these tourniquets and sometimes they're from China and they're absolute pieces of crap because anything from China is an absolute piece of crap. Right. And they're replacing them with American-made uh, tourniquets. So there's been a tremendous amount of Focus on uh, the the how these guys deal with injury because and and one of the truest things that I've learned in my now near seventy two hours here in Israel, um, we've discussed the fact that it's clear that Mossad didn't know what was happening. Shembet, which is basically like the the Israeli FBI, didn't know what was happening. Um, was it all the protests over justice reform, they were have the way the Supreme Court works, and therefore everybody got political and took their eye off the ball, whatever the sure. case may be, they did. And they know they failed. And it's fascinating to see people, you know, maybe not on the, on the upper echelons on the political side, but they know they failed, and they are trying to take some of those lessons to do better. But what... What you you what you saw in this in uh, on the base and then going really to these this kibbutz and then the site of that music festival where Hamas parachuted in and started murdering people. You and I, uh, Andrew, uh, sure. discussed this. We're, we're actually doing a conference uh, about this. We're both attending. Right. And uh, about the idea of responsibility in media. You know, yes. we talk about they they talk about misinformation and disinformation. The left loves those terms. What about flat-out omission? I'm here to tell you without question that the American media, never mind world media, has left out tremendous parts of this story regarding the flat-out barbarism of Hamas, and those who followed Hamas across the border, those Palestinians who engaged in acts so atrocious and so vicious, it's very, very hard to describe i am at a a a shabbat dinner right now with a woman whose children are alive for the grace of god but her ex-husband was killed because all he had to fight off the three terrorists in his home Mm. was an axe wow that's what he had um so i i i the videos that you'll be seeing and and then i have them up if you follow me at tony Katz, you'll be able to start seeing them of the homes in this kibbutz called Be'eri, uh, Be- Be'eri sorry, yeah. they set the houses on fire to smoke people out so they could shoot them, or they would just die of smoke inhalation or burning to death. House after house after house after house, it, you can see, and I actually have some of the video, and, and we'll get it out. Of this giant hole in the side of a home. And, and the homes are really, they're, they're not like stick framed homes. Um, and you can actually see where like the blast kind of like careens off parts of it. And you realize, as one of the soldiers explained to me, that it was an RPG, a rocket propelled grenade wow. that did this. Well, I'm not a, a full on ammunitions expert. Really? But the soldier explained to me that an RPG doesn't get fired from Gaza. It gets fired from 15 feet away. Right. That the, they, they were fully prepared, fully armed, fully ready to destroy. And I, I ended up t- today in a town called Ashkelon, which is um, an hour south of Tel Aviv. But if you were to look at a map at Gaza and Ashkelon, That's where they were heading until they were stopped by Israeli defense forces, things that the Navy was doing to stop the attacks from sea. You have no idea how far Hamas terrorists got into Israel, how much space they traversed, and how much damage they did until you see it. I'm only hoping that I've brought some of that through the videos that we've got uh, coming up. Uh, going up uh, at at Tonycats. for people at my my home station in Indy, uh, WIBC. dot com. I, I
0: I can't I can't wait to see them. I mean, this is, you know, it, it is it is one of those things where it is this is one of those singular trips that you take. Um, you know, it's I'm not going to say once in a lifetime because who knows? Tony you may do another another one of these singular, you know, life changing trips that's out there. But it certainly sounds like it has had. A prof- I mean, someone who is already predisposed to this cause and be passionate about these issues. Nevertheless, it is it almost makes it even more life-changing, doesn't it, Tony?
1: This issue is ours.
0: Yes. This isn't about me being Jewish.
1: This isn't about... Me being a Zionist, I am Jewish, and I am a Zionist, and not in some biblical sense, in the sense of Israel has the right to exist, and Israel right. has the right to defend itself. But if you don't understand, if people don't understand that this is our issue, this is an issue uh, of humanity, you're dealing with, uh, you know, when you talk about Hamas, when you talk about Hezbollah in the north, when you talk about the Houthi rebels in Yemen, you're talking about Iran, and the funding of this terrorism not to just kill jews but to move about their view of the world and their view of the world is destructive it is violent it is brutality and it's going to come to your doorstep it will come for your kids on college campuses it will come for your spouse at their workplace it will come for you in your place of worship because that's the history book right? and we see it and we know it so it is imperative that everybody get off the idea that this is oh, this is just Tony in Israel, Tony and Jews. I have a lot of wonderful people who follow me on social media <laughs> yes. who want to play uh, that game, and then they want to play uh, the other game. Of course, uh, what about the poor Palestinians who are starving? Tell them to get to to get Hamas to surrender and this stops. You know, but there is not there is not a reason for Israel to stop the barbar the barbarism of war in general is not enough to stop. Hamas has to be ended until every last Hamas member is dead, and, and until that happens, Israel should not stop at all.
0: We're, let's 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 circle back to something real quick, Tony, that you said yesterday, which is this issue of of Israeli Arabs, Israeli Muslims, right? Muslims and Arabs who have become fully fledged members of Israeli society, there is there is nothing stopping uh, these people from from getting their part of the Israeli dream. All they have to do is essentially, you know, wish for peace and say, we want to live peacefully. We want to live here. And, you know, something we're going to live as these Israeli citizens. It's not it's not too hard a situation that, you know, especially as you consider the fact that the concept (laughs) of Palestinians is a made up concept, you know, a made up modern concept, uh, to say the least. Uh, But uh, give me a circle back to that, Tony, for me. So
1: let's not confuse uh, Arab Israelis who are Israelis who live in Israeli life and work uh, as, as Israelis in some cases uh, serve their country uh, in in that way we're talking about Gaza and I was I was about four miles, three miles four miles from Gaza. Wow. There was some you could actually hear and the ground did move when an Israeli tank shoots a, a mortar or if you will a shell you feel it. I'm yeah. sorry. You, you feel it and you hear it. Uh, and I did both of, of, the, of those things. Um, this is about Hamas. This is uh, uh, about the desire to destroy. Now, whether they want to engage like ISIS, the worldwide caliphate may be different, but that is the only difference. Right. Hamas is ISIS there yes. is no other description these aren't freedom fighters where they're not trying to create a better life because they've never created a better life for anybody these are the enemy of humanity and christians better understand this right. because the jews aren't the objective the jews are only first
0: yes that
1: has to be constantly pounded into people's skulls
0: amen amen to that well listen tony as i said yesterday and i will continue to say this please uh, stay safe uh, we can't wait uh, for your update on Monday. And as I've been telling folks, if you're not following Tony, do so immediately so you can see what he is up to while he is in there. But but please, sir, stay safe.
1: I plan on it. Uh, I am supposed to be in Jerusalem uh, tomorrow, uh, and I will have more updates uh, from uh, there. So uh, uh, I'll catch you guys. I'm going to keep talking, keep following, and uh, and we'll keep connecting. You're loved.
0: Uh, I appreciate it. You are loved as well, Tony. Take care. Yep, yep. That was that was, of course, Tony Katz, host of this very program. Uh, Tony Katz today. He is in Israel uh, next week, uh, through through next week. So you'll be enduring me as we're eagerly waiting to hear uh, updates uh, from Tony. Uh, when we return, we're going to be joined by Tim Head. Uh, he is the executive director of the Faith and Freedom Coalition. I am Andrew Langer. As I said, this is Tony Katz today. Well, welcome back. I, I just got a uh, a text uh, from someone I know, uh, letting me know that they thought that this was an especially powerful report from Tony. And that listen, that's why Tony's over there. Um, and he, he he put it best. It's not about Tony being Jewish, and it's not about Tony being Zionist, and it's it's. I would say it's not even about Tony being a Zionist Jew. Um, you know, as I am um it, it's 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 about understanding what's really happening on the ground uh and making sure that it can't happen to any other people so so vitally important the truism that he said that it doesn't end right we, we've made this statement in the past about this conflict between uh israel and hamas and and about you know you can tell who is right and who is wrong based upon the simple question of well if uh if hamas Laid down its arms, what would Israel do? Well, Israel would welcome them into into Israeli society. But if Israel laid down their arms, Hamas would immediately invade to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. But it doesn't stop there. It, it doesn't. Everybody is put into the crosshairs. Uh, if you if you are not listen, you know if you stand in the way of, of what Hamas believes in whether it's vis-a-vis Israel, whether it's vis-a-vis Jews generally, whether it's America or Western civilization, et cetera. Um, very, very powerful stuff there, Tony, so thank you. Uh, we're joined right now by Tim Head. He is the executive director of the Faith and Freedom Coalition, an organization that has itself come out very strongly uh, in support of of, of Israel. Uh, but we're having Tim on because, of course, Tim... Uh, Tuesday is Super Tuesday uh, all kinds of interesting stuff uh, uh, going on there uh, and and the role of evangelicals in this election uh, what are things looking at uh, as we go into Super Tuesday oh and Tim of course the all-important DC Republican primary happening this weekend I know you're tracking that uh, uh, incredibly well uh, your thoughts here
2: well uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, and I think probably both uh, both of those uh the Republicans that'll be primarying uh in in uh, in d c will probably go with trump this week yeah <laughs> um, but uh, but I would say you know broadly speaking, uh, obviously like you said super Tuesday coming up here but uh, but you know we're we're basically kind of five uh, five major uh caucuses or primaries down, and um uh, the the left and the media are desperately trying to yet again write the uh you know the postmortem uh, on on uh, the demise, if not the death, of uh, of religion and, and uh, faith-based voters in America. But uh, even in really what's not an overly competitive primary process, we're still seeing large evangelical and Catholic voters uh, coming to the poll at all of these places. And so we're very encouraged at Faith and Freedom Coalition. Uh, not only that the numbers are there, but they're actually still engaged um, in pretty high uh, levels. And, uh, and so far, almost uh, uh, between 67 and about 72 percent of those in these various states have gone with Trump so far, uh, which is a bit of an, an interesting break, but uh, sure. but the numbers have been strong so far.
0: Well, what do you make of, of the, of course, and, and of course, understanding the, the, where evangelicals are voting and how they're voting, et cetera, obviously it's no great leap to understand why the leftist press and the left is attacking evangelicals, but it's really gotten even more nasty in, in recent months, recent weeks, uh, talking about issues about uh, Christian nationalism and white supremacy. Your, your thoughts here?
2: Well, you know, this is, uh, you know, yet again. I, I think that uh, one of the interesting dynamics that we've that we've uh, found over the last few cycles is, uh, especially after kind of the deplorables and irredeemable comments from a couple of cycles ago, um, the left had completely just ch- checked out in dealing with any people of faith, um, and uh, and and all of a sudden they they realized, you know, that. Uh, 16 didn't go well, and really 20 didn't go terribly well for them either. Uh, And so there's sort of this uh, new effort to re-engage particularly minority uh, uh, voters, uh, Christian voters. Um, And so that's part of the reason why they're trying to kind of demarcate or or bifurcate um, that there are white Christian nationalist voters, and then Ah. there's the good Christians, okay? The good Christians— you know, um, uh, love to quote Martin Luther King a bunch, uh, but the white racist Christian nationalist voters uh, talk maybe Jesus and <laughs> the Bible. And <clears throat> our contention is um, that that it's 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 pretty clear that they're trying to kind of re re uh, reclaim or kind of claw back some of those uh, of those Christian voters that uh, that that basically are not white. Um, because they, they're recognizing in several of sure. these, they, in competitive states that uh, that they need either Hispanic or black voters to come just completely being um, uh, marginalized by transgender and uh, LGBTq uh, issues um, that that even even those really too keen on
0: well i mean it, it certainly bespeaks to this overall effort right to uh, you know, as you and I, and, and I would love to get your thoughts on this uh, in the remaining minutes we have, we know that these elections are coming down to moving small groups of people, tens of thousands here and there, from column A to column B. And trying to sway independent voters. And if you could make independent voters appeal or, or, or uh, appear uncomfortable with certain groups that they might otherwise align with. Well, I know I have these certain conservative value feelings, but if these so-called white nationalists or white supremacist Catholic or Christian nationalists have them, I clearly can't go down that road. That's part of this, isn't it? to really sully uh, their beliefs and make them doubt what they're believing.
2: Uh, either either doubt what they're believing or at least shut them up, intimidate them and chill their speech. Sure. Good you know? point. So, uh, so, so you're trying to either, A, get them to completely change their beliefs, or if they're not going to do that, at least just keep those cards close to your vest, you know, and kind of like sit in your cubicle at work or, you know, uh, in your in your chair at school and just kind of like, you know, lower your head to the floor a little bit. Um, and uh, and so, again, I mean, our our contention of Faith and Freedom Coalition is, uh, not even political but just uh just in in life um that we're supposed to you know um, to be a city on the hill truly i mean reagan used the yeah. word but that's actually a biblical phrase <laughs> that uh that we we truly are um a, a light that cannot be put under uh under a bushel and so uh, uh we we want to see people loving god and loving people and serving serving their communities and part of that uh, of being engaged in communities is being a responsible uh, a voter and civic and civically engaged.
0: Well, Tim, we have to leave it there. How do folks find out more about the Faith and Freedom Coalition?
2: You bet. And they can just follow us. Our, our website is ffcoalition.com, and then we're certainly uh, Faith and Freedom Coalition at, at all the major uh, uh, social media outlets. And so, uh, stay tuned, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, we'll keep fighting the fight
0: ffcoalition.com. Pimhead, Head, thank you for joining us. After the news, we're going to be joined by Logan Church from Catholic Vote. I'm Andrew Langer, in for Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. Well, welcome back, everybody. I am Andrew Langer in for Tony Katz today on Tony Katz Today. Very excited to have our guest join us to continue this conversation about, frankly, the war on the Christian voter. Uh, His name, I'm sorry, her name. (laughs) I'm sorry about that, Logan. Her name is Logan Church, the aptly named Logan Church, uh, political director of Catholic vote. And, and Logan, we were just talking with Tim Head from the Faith and Freedom Coalition uh, about uh, about what's going on. To... Actually, let's start here, because you guys have a really interesting uh, case situation you're working on. I just tweeted out something about something similar to this, this bizarre funeral that was held in St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. You truly a cherished piece of hallowed ground. What's going on there? What are you guys at Catholic Vote doing
3: about it?
4: Yeah, so this happened almost two weeks ago now where the this trans activist group in in New York decided that it would be the perfect location to host a funeral for one of the largest, most notable trans activists, Cecilia Gentili, and they lied to the church about who the funeral was for. They were they were very open in the press. They bragged about the fact that they were deceptive about it. And they had this blasphemous funeral inside. St. Patrick's Cathedral, and it was so. I don't know if you've seen the footage of the eulogy, no. but I mean, it was disgusting. Just truly disgusting. Such an attack on Catholics. And when when they asked, were asked why St. Patrick's, the only answer they could give was it was an icon, just like her.
0: Wow. I, I mean, listen. Nothing says sincerity in wanting to honor a long and dear departed friend than lying to the venue that you're going to have that friend's funeral in, and using that friend's funeral as a massive political stunt not to mention just disgusting uh, uh, a funeral stunt i mean it's it's just one of those things where you know something you were you were caught uh don't uh, don't whine about it down the road i mean but you guys have sent a letter uh, with regards to this
4: yeah so we sent a letter to the ag and the prosecutor in the area um and ultimately what we're calling for is an investigation because new york criminal statute makes it very clear and they have previously had rulings on issues such as this actually against lgbtq activists um saying that if you gain access into an establishment under false pretenses you are liable for criminal trespass under new york state
0: statute there you go and
4: so yeah it's it's clear as day it's it's in black and white um so we've called on the ag to take action on this but as you know um, Catholics seem to be political footballs these days, Christians and conservatives as well. And so, you know, the odds of the AG moving on this is not high, which leads to another question of, are crimes only crimes if it's of the people that you want it to be for? I mean, a- let's be honest.
0: A- a- Amen to that. It's, it's actually something we've been talking about with regards to this Texas law regarding uh, a local law enforcement being able to enforce federal immigration law, or at the very least, arrest people for trespassing. Um, so this is, Richard, I, 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 I'm, I'm aligned with you on, on this, Logan, and I appreciate that. By the way, we're talking with Logan Church, the political director for Catholic Vote. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at the real underscore low, L-O, uh, underscore down, the real low down on, on Twitter. So let's get into it. As I asked uh, Tim Head, uh, we, it is uh, we are on the precipice of Super Tuesday. Um, uh we do have the uh, we do have the the all- important DC primary over the weekend. Three days of voting, by the way, Logan, all taking place in a Marriott hotel uh, in downtown DC. Um, where are you guys? What are you seeing in terms of Super Tuesday? How are Catholics looking at the 2024 election?
4: So Catholic vote endorsed uh, President Trump for the primary. In general election, because we believe that President Trump is going to do what we need done to protect Catholic and Christians all across the United States. He's made it super clear. I'm sure you've heard all about the FBI targeting Catholics who were just attending mass. That's been a big issue for Donald Trump. And so we're obviously super excited about that front. I think it's no question, you know, rolling into Super Tuesday, who's going to pull out a victory. I I think that election nights during this primary have been less and less interesting, because you know exactly what's going to happen.
0: Well, I'm going to be voting in Virginia, uh, you know, next week. So I I know that there's a, a foregone conclusion there, but I'm sorry. Go ahead, Logan.
4: No, you're good. So, yeah, I mean, we're just excited to continue through this primary season and just hit the ground running in the general. because at the end of the day, we know what we're really up against, and we know where the real fight is, and that's going to be in November.
0: So let me ask you this. I'm going to get you to comment on something. Uh, Jason, if you can tee up cut number 11. I, I, I was This is one that I was debating whether or not I was going to play. Uh, one of the things I've spent a lot of time talking about when I fill in for Tony is is how we have become detached from objective truth, especially when it comes to this issue of transgenderism. Here we have a mom testifying before the Kansas legislature. I want you to listen to this, Logan. I'll go ahead and play the cut, Jason.
4: My name is Elise Flatland. I have been a resident of Kansas for the last 20 years. I have four children, two girls, two boys. My oldest is my transgender daughter, and my youngest is an 11 year old transgender boy. Both, of my boy. both of my children have been diagnosed with gender dysphoria and both are currently receiving gender affirming care. Oh my Through God. this care, my husband and my consent has always been required. They have asked my children what they envision their bodies looking like as an adult and never once did they mention surgery to my children.
0: All right, we are we can, well we, can, we can end it there. That nice little pause. By the way, it's it's not uh, it, it, I'm, I, it's not uh, gone past me the fact that she also got the genders of her confused kids uh, uh, wrong or confused. The genders of her confused kids confused as she was doing that. I mean, you hear that uh, a, a clip like that, Logan, if if you can hear it. I hope you could. And, and what's your immediate reaction to uh, what is clearly a disturbing situation in this family?
4: I mean, my immediate reaction is my heart is aching. My heart's aching for yeah. this family because these poor children, I mean, as a parent, you're supposed to be a light for these kids through all the confusing years of growing up. I mean, let's be honest. We all remember what it was like to be in elementary school and middle school, and all we wanted was to be accepted by a good group of friends and to, to you know, be able to go through life and not be on the outskirts. And these poor children are just looking for some level of validation and acceptance like right. all the other kids and their parents are allowing them to go down this dangerous road.
0: You know, it's it's interesting because I I know of certain situations, uh, several situations in which otherwise completely progressive parents have been shocked, and rightly so, and 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 unable to wrap their heads around, at least at the in the in the first term, their kids coming out as trans. There's nothing wrong with sort of having that immediate reaction. And this, I guess, gets into this, and I'm wondering what you guys at Catholic Vote are doing in terms of pushing back on the, 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 the departure from objective truth. And I'm not even talking about religious truth. Um, I'm talking about the objective truth of, of biology uh, and what's law. happening here. What are, what are you guys working on in terms of Catholic Vote on these issues?
4: Yeah, so I mean, uh, the biggest thing that we're doing is just raising awareness for parental rights and family values. And you don't have to be Catholic to listen to what Catholic Vote's doing. We just support traditional values of the family and making sure that that's reflected in our government because we believe the fastest way to change a culture is through the political Mm realm. And so that's kind of how Catholic Vote came to exist. The trans movement fighting against that is a big. Big thing for Catholic vote because we're seeing it decay our culture and decay our family. And we know, let's be honest, for the religious folks listening, you know, the devil, the first thing he attacks is the family. Right. He attacks our children. And so trying to stand up against that, making sure we're active with state legislatures to make sure good legislation is getting passed. We just had a big victory in Ohio that we were a part of where the governor vetoed a bill that was going to protect women's sports protect our daughters and their sports and prevent children from having sex change surgeries the republican governor vetoed that bill and our we were able to push the legislature to to override his veto and make sure that it still went into law so Catholic vote is very involved on the front lines in the state-level sites.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Listen, we're going to have to leave it there. The aptly named Logan Church, uh, political director for Catholic Vote. Uh, How do folks find out about uh, what you guys are doing in Catholic Vote?
4: You can look us up on all social media. It's Catholic Vote one word. Our website is CatholicVote.org, and you can follow our – we have a daily email that keeps you up to date on what we're doing.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Logan Church, thank you so very much for joining us today.
4: Thanks for having me.
0: So uh, thanks. And so yeah, So yesterday there was a hearing. The defense secretary uh, went to testify about why the president didn't know that he was, uh, was uh, going to be uh, indisposed uh, and having surgery. Uh, when we return, we're going to be talking about that. I'm Andrew Langer in and for Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today. going on in the world as we've been pointing out and more stuff even happening while we're on the air today uh but you know in addition to the border visit and in terms of dealing with uh, christian voters obviously later on at the beginning of the next hour we're going to talk about uh uh, we're going to talk about hunter biden and hunter biden's crazy testimony uh, among other things uh, that are going on but i I wanted to go here uh oh and and, oh and we the other thing we have to talk about in the next hour we got plenty of time in that first segment is to also talk about the arrest of this uh, uh, reporter for The Blaze uh, because of January 6th, which is also just incredibly disturbing, uh, to say the least. But we had some really interesting fireworks up on the Hill yesterday and and again, getting buried under uh, uh, the Hunter Biden deposition and and the president's uh, visits to the uh, the border. But yesterday, Lloyd Austin went to testify up on Capitol Hill. Secretary of Defense, who, as you will recall, was hospitalized and uh, went in for, uh, uh, I believe it was a prostate cancer uh, operation uh, and didn't see fit to notify anybody uh, in, the, in the government uh, of this. Now, now, again, nobody would really care one way or the other if uh, Lloyd Austin was uh, Secretary of Transportation, uh, Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Secretary of Agriculture even. Um, you know, it's funny because this morning I was talking about the fact that there are really two tiers – to uh, to our cabinets, the upper tier and the lower tier. He's an upper tier cabinet guy. You know, you could you could go back and forth and have uh, and have great debate. Actually, I would to say this. I think it's been settled by the Constitution as to whether or not the Secretary of Defense or the Secretary of State is a more important cabinet position. It is the the uh, the, the Secretary of State because they are third in line. Um, not third in line. Boy, oh boy, uh, they are. Well, maybe it's fourth in line. Anyway, now that I'm thinking about it, it's you know, right. In case something happens to the president, it's the vice president, it's the speaker of the house. Then I think it is the the, the uh, secretary of state, and then it goes down the road. Um, but a- anyway, uh, secretary of state further up on the order of succession than the defense secretary. Anyway, so the the house was getting to the bottom of this. Um, And in fact, let's actually play. uh, Let's play cut number nine first, uh, uh, Jason. This is let me tee it up. Uh, This is Jim Banks, congressman from Indiana. You're hearing a heck of a lot of ads about uh, about Jim Banks. Um, uh, Let's uh, let's hear what he had to say to uh, to uh, Lloyd Austin.
3: Is it typical that the president would go three days without talking to his secretary of defense? Is that typical? Is that a regular posture? Do you usually go days without talking to the commander? In- I mean,
2: that can happen. It depends on if, whether or not the president's uh, on, on, uh, on travel. If I'm on travel, uh, there are times when we, we do go days without direct communication. So the, the big issue
3: for me here is either the president is that aloof or you are irrelevant. <laughs> Which one is it, Mr. Secretary? Oh, it would boy, go three, that the president would go three days without knowing that his secretary of defense is, is not on the job
2: it's neither uh the president is not aloof and uh and i am uh i participate in uh in all of the uh
3: uh, let me ask you this on january 2nd while you were in the hospital president biden was vacationing in the caribbean your deputy who the president didn't even know had operational control was on a beach in puerto rico
0: yeah so so there you go lots of uncomfortable questions now obviously right the president gets a uh, a daily intelligence briefing and you know has folks around him all the time but i get a little disturbed by the fact that uh that um uh that uh, the president could go several days without talking to his defense secretary i mean i'm kind of thinking you know, it's funny this gets into a conversation i have with my best buddy jerry rogers the uh, editor of real clear policy we're talking about the definition of friends. And and you know I have friends that I haven't talked to in a while, um, you know, but they're still very good friends of mine. You no, know, with Jerry, it's you have to talk to them every day. Like I talk to Jerry every day, so I'm a real friend of of, of Jerry's. Uh, it seems to me that I would rest a little bit more uh, assured if, by the way, uh, and obviously he can't lie about it under oath to Congress, uh, but but if we were at least told that the secretary talks to the president, let's say not every day, but every other day maybe uh maybe uh, uh three times a week uh and and one of the weekend days maybe they get sunday off i i don't know but uh but it is it is it is it a listen it was a right question from Jim Banks uh even better colloquy happened between congressman matt gates uh from florida and uh, and uh, and secretary austin cuz this has to do with the vaccine issues which there's a lot of discussion about this right now uh let's uh let's hear what matt gates had to say let's play cut number 8
3: You didn't tell the president that you had cancer, that you were being treated for cancer, or that the treatment for that cancer had gone wrong because you saw it as personal and medical. And I think a lot of us have empathy for you in that regard. But now that you see how personal medical decisions are, will you call for the re-recruitment restoration this. of full rank and back pay for the 8,600 service members who were vax-mandated out of the military.
2: Oh, uh, no, I
3: won't. <laughs> so on March 4th. All
0: right, all right 20- you can stop it there. I mean, I mean listen, the, the, the moxie of this guy, the chutzpah of this guy. You know, uh, we recognize, uh, we recognize, uh, uh, Secretary, that uh, it's a, it's tough. These medical decisions, they're just so personal. We get it, and we empathize with you. We empathize with the fact you went in for cancer; you didn't want to admit it to anybody. So now that we are all empathizing with you, can you understand a little bit about about the the consternation that people went through as to whether or not their vaccination status should determine their entire career in the United States military? Uh, would you re, perhaps reconsider, uh, given what you just went through? Would you perhaps reconsider your stance that these people should be kicked out of the military? No <laughs> God Wow that that's you know that's who they are. you you, you know you, you listen I'm, I'm joking about it and on, on the one hand it just it, it my my heart just drops. it sinks that this is where we are. On the other hand, you just gotta admire this the 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 sheer chutzpah, the audacity that these folks have you know in terms of just sticking sticking with it. They're never, they're never going to admit that they were wrong, never going to admit that they were wrong. You're gonna to have to fight tooth and nail to get what you want. Now, listen, in in the two o'clock hour of the show, I'm sorry, the the the, the two o'clock hour for me, for some of you, maybe the the one o'clock hour. Uh, the the we're gonna we're gonna talk about what's going on with the with blaze, the blaze. We're gonna talk about Hunter Biden's testimony because there are some fireworks there again, the chutzpah the uh, the testicular fortitude of some of these folks in terms of what they did going to be joined by attorneys ken davis uh, as well as matthew forrest from the landmark legal foundation to talk about what happened in illinois with donald trump i mean listen guys it gets curiouser and curiouser i'm andrew langer
3: this is tony katz today